But uh, that's that's another story. I told I told Brother Benny. I said I am a nervous wreck about tonight's Bible class because I'm getting ready to do something that I've never done before. And uh, he looked at me and said, "You want to sing?" <laughs> I, what I told him, I said, "I'm I said I'm going to do something I've never done before, and it could be a train wreck." And he said, "You going to sing?" I said, "No, it's not going to be that bad of a train wreck. That's that's like a that's like a." galaxy wreck you know that's this might be a train wreck but it won't be that bad um but uh thankful thankful for the presence of the lord that's here um i might remind you of a couple more things if i can uh remember our life groups it is our conviction that everyone needs to be in a life group and uh they're, they're sending me a message back there we're trying something new new like i said we that uh that we've never done and so uh, I've never done, I'm sure somebody's done it before, but uh, is it working? Not yet, but that don't mean it can't. Oh, it's work, starting to work on my end. Good, amen. If, uh, if you're watching at home, watching online live, um, I'll go ahead and apologize uh, that uh, it may get a little clunky for a minute or it may be a little clunky for a long time. But uh, if it's not, if it doesn't work, how I think it will in my mind. You know what? We just won't do it anymore. And uh, and if this keeps you from going to heaven, I'm sorry. But if it does, you probably weren't going anyway. So, you know, it's just it is what it is. So. um, So that's just uh, I mean, if this throws you off, you're in. You got other problems, but uh, you know, last Wednesday I started. Uh, I talked about studying the Bible and uh, how to study. I've had a lot of people, especially some of our newer folks and younger families. They said, "You know, I, how do we study the Bible?" And so we talked a little bit uh, last week about some tools that we can use. I had a lot of positive feedback. Um, had several of you that text or or came up to me. You downloaded the Bible app. Uh, you've been enjoying the, the Bible reading plans and some of the things that, that, uh, that, that's going into there. And so I mentioned last week about maybe doing a Bible study, like, like studying a Bible study um, here in front of everybody. And so I'm trying my best to, to not do it as if you all were preachers and you were building a sermon. <laughs> and because that's, you know, that's just the way my brain works. But um, Well, I mentioned some stuff in the study last week. I talked about meditation, and uh, I had several people come up to me. We have a a ladies' Bible study group. I didn't know because I don't go to the ladies' Bible study. Um, They meet, I think, on Tuesday mornings, and they've been studying on meditation. Now, I might also say somehow that I've got in, in a ladies' group text. And so I know who's buying donuts. I know all that. And if you can get me out of that group text, I would really appreciate it. Um, because uh, I'm not going to help you sew and clean and I don't eat donuts anymore. So um, if you can get me out of that group text, it'd be a blessing to me. I've tried myself and I don't know how. And, uh, but, but that lady's Bible study has been studying on meditation. I've had some other folks, several other folks actually tell me that that's something that they've been studying. I think Sister Sylvia has been writing on it for a paper for that for uh, she's working on her master's degree. And so we're going to just we're not going to get too deep into it, but we're going to talk about we're actually going to work on some Bible study. Can you share my screen 
back there. We're trying something new. Nope, that's not my screen. That's me. <laughs> there we are. There we are. Okay. Um, again, we're, it's not new technology, but it's just new to me. Um, and so we're going to talk about meditation. So we're talking about how to study the Bible. What, if I was taking a subject, what we're talking about tonight is, a, is what's referred, we talked about it last week, a topical Bible study. We have a topic, the topic of meditating, meditation. We want to study it. And so what, uh, the first thing, and, and I've done some prep work just to make it less, hopefully less clunky while we're going through, make it a little easier. Um, it would also help if I start my timer. Um, I don't normally use my timer when I'm studying on my own, just when I'm on your time. And so the, the first step on studying meditation, I don't know why I'm turning around and looking up there at exactly what I have right here. The first step is I do a concordance search. So I open my olive tree. This is the, the, the app that some of you, many of you downloaded. This is the... Um, this is the app. This is the, the app that I downloaded on my computer. So as you can see, uh, I typed in the word meditate. And if you have a Bible program on your computer, uh, any Bible program has a concordance function on it. Whatever you use, if you use Olive Tree, eSword, uh, Logos, uh, uh, PC Study Bible, whatever you use, um, it has a concordance. If you do it online with like Bible Hub, you can do that. Uh, if you do it the old-fashioned way, they, when, I was, when I evangelized, it was before computer. I remember the first computer I bought, it was like this wide and that tall. A pastor in Dallas, Texas sold it to me for like $50. I carried the big computer, and I carried a big monitor, and, uh, and I carried it for about three weeks, and I was either going to have to get rid of my basketball and some of my clothes or that computer and so I sold the computer for $100 to another pastor and made 50 bucks. And so um, the Lord blessed me on that one. But, uh, but I used to have to carry around what it was a Strong's Concordance. The book's about that thick. It's about that big. And uh, I would carry that and a whole box of books in my car. Now I carry about 100 times that many books right here. And so I typed in meditate and I go to the the KJV there. And you see all these lists. What you see on, on the, the side of the screen, it's on your right side. You see all these, these scripture. There's a whole bunch here. I could type, I could have typed meditation. You can, any variant of that word. But, uh, but what I've, what I've got here and I've centered on a few words. So I've did the search. I can click on, I can click, I'm going to go to Joshua one and eight. That's what I'm going to go to first. Let me change that. Can you see okay? You can't see that at all hardly, can you? You can't read it. But, uh, but, but tr I'm going to read it to you. So here's, here's what I, I went to Joshua 1. As you can see, now I, I use when I study, I'll open a Word file. And I'll just start dumping everything that relates to this topic on it. Um, I can always go back if it's a verse that I'm not going to use. I can always go back and delete it. Um, but everything, I, everything that I can find that's related to the topic, I just, wow. 
I finally preached the lights out. I I wouldn't have thought I would have been on this one. Um, And so the first passage I'm going to use is Joshua 1 and 8. And so let me go to Joshua 1 and 8 and let me read it to you. It says, the book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and, and then thou shalt have good success. All right, so this is, this is the verse that, I, that we're starting with. Man, that's a great verse, isn't it? Let's, let, let me read it to you again. If you have your Bibles, you, well, you can't see, it's too dark. So just trust me, I'm reading it. The book, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. So if, I, I actually thought about, I actually thought about having, um, having this mic hot and have if anybody had a question while, that while uh, we're going. Um, Brother Reg, can you grab this mic? Now it is live, praise the Lord, it's live. And so don't, don't flirt with Kim <laughs> while you're holding it because we'll all hear it. And so um, if anybody has a question during the thing, it's just let me know somehow and we'll get it to you. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. So what are, what's the subject here? Anybody, anybody from that part, what, what rings a bell in your head? Anybody, anybody? What, from that phrase we just read, this, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. What are we talking about? What, what's the subject of this, of this sentence? Meditating on what? The book of the law. He's talking about the word of God. He said, this book, this book of the law shall not depart. So let's talk, we talked about looking at the passage in context. What's above it, what's below it. But let's, let's read this verse again. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. So he's saying, you need to have the word of God in your mind. You need to be thinking about it day and night. He goes on, that thou mayest observe to do. What's the, end, what, what's the result of meditating? That mic has you nervous, don't it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. The purpose of meditating on the law day and night is so that we'll do what the book says. The reason we want it in our mind is so that we will train ourselves to obey what's in the word, right? For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Does anybody want to be prosperous? Anybody want to be prosperous? I see a few hands. That, that, do, that thy way may make thy way prosperous, then thou shalt have good success. Anybody want success? Anybody want to be successful? Not just successful, but good. I thought success was good, but he added good in front of it. I want to be, I want success 
But if you're going to give me a choice, I'll take good success. <laughs> That's better than average success. And so what are, we, what are we looking here when we look at this passage? Let, let me go up and let me read the passage. Let me, let me give you the context. And this is stuff that, that, I, that I would do. Uh, just it's second nature to me. I always go up. I find where that passage started and I, and I, and I read the whole thing. Let me read it to you. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something because not only did I turn 50, my eyes did too. And it's easier for me to read it over here. Now, after the death of Moses, you can see that better. Can't you? After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister. So remember we talked about who last week? I actually had somebody that came to me today. They, they told me that after last week's Bible study, they went home and they were reading and they were asking all those questions. Who's talking? Who are they talking to? And so I, I felt like maybe we're, maybe I'm helping somebody. So Moses is dead. Moses was the leader. They had relied on Moses to hear from God. They had relied on Moses. God would talk to Moses. Moses would talk to them. They would talk to Moses and Moses would talk to God. Moses was the middleman between them and God. It was Moses that heard from God. But now Moses is dead. So Moses is out of the picture. Now after the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses minister saying, so now God's not talking to Moses. Now God's talking to Joshua. Here's what God tells, tells him. Moses, my servant is dead. That's, that's sounds, it almost sounds cold just to read it that plain, but it's reality. Joshua, you've relied on Moses. Now you're going to have to just take responsibility. You can't rely on somebody else anymore. You got to take responsibility for yourself. Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people into the land, which I do give thee, give to them, even to the children of Israel. So here's where they are. They're not in their promise. They're still in the wilderness. They're still in the wilderness. They're not in the land. They're not in the promised land. They're not in the land flowing with milk and honey. They're not in their, in, in their, in their destiny yet. They're still not quite there. Moses has gone. Now God tells Joshua, you know, you can't stay here forever. You're not designed to stay here. You're supposed to go forward. So now arise and, and go. You know, sometimes, sometimes we get stuck spiritually, don't we? We get stuck because we, we, we get comfortable in a certain place. And sometimes God has to let some things in our life die so that we can embrace something new. And so now he says, Moses is dead. That it, it was great. The, it was a great time. It was a great moment. It was, it was my will. But now it's time to arise and go. It's time to go forward. Thou and all this people, the land which I did give them, even to the children of Israel, every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Now, if I was, if I was studying this passage by myself, one thing I would notice, I would notice that, that you have a mix of, of, uh, of tense. You have past and future in the same verse, right? 
every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon. You haven't done it yet. What you're going, you're going everywhere you walk, everywhere you put your foot down. You've not done it yet, but you're going to. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread on upon, that have I given unto you. What is that? Uh, English teacher, isn't that past perfect? Is that what that is? I don't know. I should have just kept that to myself and thought it. Because I don't know. If an English teacher wants to text me, you can let me know. Shall that I have given. You will tread on it. But even though you're not there yet, I've already given it to you. In God's mind, it's already settled. And so if, 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 I'm, uh, if I'm doing the Bible study, I'm typing all this stuff out or I'm writing it because that, that, makes, that tells me that before my mind thinks of it, it's already done as far as God is concerned. I've not walked in it yet. I've not walked in my destiny, but that doesn't mean God hasn't given it to me yet. You may not be where God wants you to be yet, but in God's mind, you're going there. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's exciting stuff. God's plan for me is already laid out before I'm in it. He's already got my future plans made I just got to walk into it everywhere that the sole of my foot shall tread upon. I've already given it to you, man. If I had that promise from God, you know what I'd do? I'd walk, man. I'd walk, I'd walk, I'd walk like one of those Olympic walkers, you know, like their hips are out of joint. I'd, I'd walk, I'd do as much walking as I could because I would know that everywhere my foot goes down, it's mine. So I'm going to put my foot as many places as I can, because if I walk, God's already given it to me. Every place the sole of your foot shall tread, that have I given unto you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even to the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites under the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your coast. He's setting boundaries. Amen. Let me tell you something. This, this, is, just, I'm, this is the way I think. He's setting boundaries. So there's no such thing as a promise from God without boundaries. If you're going to have anything from God, you got to know where the boundaries are. People that don't want boundaries in their life, rules, convictions, standards to live by, if, then, then you don't want promise because that defines your promise. And so I'll be writing all this stuff down. I don't know if I'm helping anybody or not, but I'm helping me. Then there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Man, I wish I was writing a sermon. Because <laughs> if I was writing a sermon, one thing I would say is I would remind the church that even at the transfer from one generation to another, it doesn't lessen what God wants to do. Amen. We buried a lot of elders. We've buried a lot of good Holy Ghost filled men and women. A lot of your people are out there in that cemetery. We buried them. But just because that generation is buried doesn't mean that the promise of God for this church has changed. Amen. 
as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. As I was with James Williams, so I'll be with Dwayne. As I was with A.B. Connor, so I'll be with Benny Connor. Praise the Lord. Amen. As I was with Ezra Butler, so I'll be with almost this whole aisle. <laughs> the generations change, but God's promise to us don't change. Doesn't change. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous. Amen. Look, they're going into a place they've not been before. They're going into facing enemies they'd never faced before. They're going into territory they hadn't seen before. He said, you're going to have to be strong and courageous. Let me tell you that 2021 and forward is not for the weak and faint hearted. If we're going to have a revival and see what God wants to do. We're going to be bold. We're going to be strong. We're going to be courageous. It's not a time to be weak, weary, tired, and scared. We got to go forward. Now, and, and I'd be typing all this stuff down. I'd be, write, I'd be writing all these thoughts. If I get a thought, I write it down because I, don't, I know my mind won't remember. And so if you, if, you look at, at, uh, if you look at these, I mean, I got notes all everywhere. It, it's, it's, a, it's an absolute mess. I've, I pulled out of this thing cards that have notes all over because I won't remember anything. I write it all down. I'll make myself notes. I'll, I'll write it down. I keep a notepad by my computer so that I can, uh, if I'm typing something I can, and something else comes to my mind, I write it down and then I can put it back. But I'm right, if, if I were doing this by myself, I'd be typing all these thoughts and putting them in there so that I don't forget it. They may not go into this study on meditation, but they'll go into some other study. But this is just, I mean, this is Bible study. This is that whole passage. So if you're going to understand the verse about meditation, you understand, you have to understand what God's talking about. All right. Where was I? Be strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. Don't change the message. Observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. In, in, in politics, the right is conservative. The left is liberal. And so he, if you're going to put it in religious terms, don't take the word and make it harder than the word is. And don't take the word and make it lighter than the word is. Just preach the word. It stands on its own. Don't go to the right. Don't go to the left. Just do according to the word of God. Just do what the Bible says. That thou mayest prosper. Whithersoever thou goest. Wherever you go, if you'll do this, you'll prosper. Now we're to the verse that we were at. The book of this law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. 
I got to meditate on what he just told me. I got to meditate on what he said. I got to meditate on what the word says, because if I don't know what the word says, I don't know what my promise is. If I don't know what the word says, I don't know what qualifies me or disqualifies me for my promise. He said, if you want what I'm just talking to you about, if you want what I just said, if you want to possess this land, then you got to get this word in your mind so you'll know what's yours. Day and night that thou may observe to do all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Meditation on the word of God is the key to your prosperity and success as a child of God. So let's go back here. I'm, I, I did a whole lot. I, you, so here's, read the context. That's what we just did. Make any notes that come to mind. That's what I said I would have done if I was doing it by myself. Okay, define the terms. All right, so define the terms. Let's talk about the terms. Let's go back to verse number eight. The book of the law, so thou shalt meditate. The word meditate, you can't see it very well. If you're up close, you might be able to, but that word meditate means to ponder. It means to ponder, to imagine, to, it's to, to mutter, to speak it over and over. It means to it says to muse on it. And so when you're talking about meditation, it's just, it's to think about it, to talk about it. To, sometimes you, you, if you hear yourself speak it, you remember it. Some people are auditory learners. Some people are visual learners. A visual learner sees it and remembers it. An auditory learner hears it and remembers it. The best way to make sure that you get it is to see it and hear it and say it. Amen. Three modes that information gets in your mind, hearing, seeing, saying. And so the more modes you activate, the more chance that that will get inside and you'll keep it. Amen. So meditate day and night and make thy way prosperous. And so what I would do, it means, it means here to break out to come mightily, to go over, to be good, to meet, to be profitable. And so I could just take all that, I could copy it, I could go over here, I can paste it, and there it is. Now, that's, that's anyway, you knew you could do that. I identify the ifs and thens. So you go back to that passage. And it's that you, you want to see, okay, the if and the then. If I do this, then this happens. If I do this, this is the result. So if I meditate on the law day and night, then, you see the word then? Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. It's an if then. If I want to be prosperous and if I want to have success, then I've got to do what it said to do. And that is to meditate on the law. This is taking a lot longer than I expected. The asks, I want to identify, what's it asking me? What's this passage of scripture asking me to do? Anybody want to, anybody want to offer a thought? Brother Reg still has the microphone. Anybody, what's the ask? What's it asking me to do? Ask Ask me to meditate on the law. 
day and night, asking me to meditate. So what this passage is asking me to do is to meditate on the word of God, the law of God, day and night. That's the ask. The benefit is that I'll be prosperous and have good success. And so you're one to identify why God is telling us to do this. And if you want to know why he's telling us to do it, you have to identify what he's telling us to do. That's the ask, the benefit, and the detriment. Let's go to the next passage. Psalms chapter number one and verse two. Okay. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. That's a, that's a good question. And the reason I'm getting that to, in just a minute, a, a few minutes, is because, is because you're going to find some, we're going to find some verses in Psalms that tells us other things to meditate on. And I want to be able to, I, I want to, be able to go to where we figure out exactly what it's asking us to do. So, so hold on to that question because I actually have it. I actually, it's actually on this form up here. All right, so Psalms 1 and 2, we're still on the law. That's why I didn't do that here because we're still dealing with the law here. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You see the parallel between this and the last passage? The last passage talked about meditating on the law day and night. This passage is talking about meditating on the law day and night. So let's look at context. I promise when we get into Psalms, they're more one-liners, so we're not, to, we're not gonna have to read a whole bunch of verses to get context, but we are here. So num verse number one, Psalms one and one. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seed of the scornful. We went over this last week a little bit when we were talking about. So what are we, what are, what are we looking at in verse one? What's the takeaway in verse one? To be a blessed Man, anybody want to be blessed? Everybody wants to be blessed, right? Let, let, let me make that easier. Anybody want to be cursed? Okay, so you all want to be blessed. So let me try that again. Who wants to be blessed? <laughs> Good, there you go. I had one two-hander. Blessed is the man. So if I want to be blessed, what do I got to do? What's it asking me to do? Walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. I am amazed sometimes by some of the people that people take advice from. Don't take marriage advice from someone who don't know how to stay married. That was good advice right there. Don't take work advice from somebody who don't keep a job. Don't take spiritual advice from somebody that's spiritually dead and destitute. Praise God. I'm talking about being blessed, right? If you want to be blessed, then don't seek counsel from ungodly people. Nor standeth in the way of sinners. Sometimes you've got to separate yourself from people that won't live for God. Preacher, that's mean. Well, it might be mean. It might feel mean to some, some people sometimes, but it's not mean. It's protecting your soul and your family. Don't stand in the way of sinners. 
nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Don't be critical and complaining about everybody else. Don't scorn other people. Don't, don't always be negative about everything. If everything in the world is negative, you might be sitting in the seat of the scornful. It might not be everything. It might be you. Amen. Still love me? You got no choice. The Bible says you have to. I, John Maxwell, he has a great book called The Winning Attitude. It's a fantastic book. Um, I try to read it every year if I can because I need it. I probably ought to read it about once a month, really, to be honest with you. He has a story about a, a, a boy that was staying with his grandpa, and his grandpa loved Limburger cheese. I've never had Limburger cheese, but it's stinky. It's, it smells horrible. It smells terrible. It smells, like, it smells like a whole locker room of dirty sneakers. It's terrible. And the, but for whatever reason, he liked eating that stinky cheese. And, and uh, some, of that, some of that stinky cheese got on Grandpa's mustache. And Grandpa fell asleep in his recliner. And uh, he woke up. And when he woke up, he looked at his grandson and said, man, this room stinks. <laughs> and so he got out of that room, went in another room and said, man, this room stinks too. He walked through the whole house. He said, man, this whole house stinks. He walked outside. The whole world stinks. <laughs> It wasn't the room, it wasn't the house, and it wasn't the world. It was him. He stunk. And so if you ever get to the point where everything stinks, check your mustache. You might have Limburger cheese on. This may not be good, but I'm having fun. You don't want to sit in the seat of the scornful. It's always finding negative and fault in everybody and everything. But the blessed man, his delight is in the law of the Lord. He gets joy from the word of God. And in his law, does he meditate day and night? If you want to be blessed, teach yourself to meditate on the word of God. Don't just read it because you're trying to log so many verses. You know, if I read, God will be happy with me if I read 25 verses today. I can get, I can get a prize from God. If I read enough verses and I'll make him happy and not, and I, and, and no, what I want to do is I want to understand what I read. And so I'm going to read it and I'm going to think about it. I'm going to let it get into my, into my mind. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season and his leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. There's that word again. I don't, I failed, I failed when we were talking about, about Joshua chapter number one. I failed because I, one of the things that we talk about last week is re repeating words. Did you notice that prosper appeared in Joshua? That passage we read in Joshua, the word prosper appeared two different times. And I failed to point that out. And then here we are again, meditating on the word day and night. And again, it brings up the idea of prospering. So what are we taking away? Are we starting to see a pattern here? The pattern we're starting to see is a lot of our spiritual prosperity depends on getting the word in our mind, on meditating on it, thinking about it, not just reading it and glancing over it, but getting really what it's saying. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so. They're like the chaff which the wind driveth away. 
You ever know people that way? It's like they're here, there, and then over there, they're, they're there, and then they're there. They're never settled. Nothing in life is settled. Everything's always chaotic. They never seem to have a, 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 a moment's peace. They're like the, the chaff that's blown about by the wind. He said, he said the un, that's the way the ungodly are. So what are we seeing the comparison and contrasting here? We're seeing the comparison between a blessed man that meditates on the word and prospers and the ungodly man. So if the blessed man meditates on the word and the ungodly man doesn't, one of the keys to being godly is meditating on the word of God. Praise the Lord. So the ungodly obviously don't meditate on the word. That's the contrast here. And then here's what happens. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment. If you want to make it to heaven, we don't teach meditating enough, do we? We hadn't concentrated on. We like noise. We like speed. We like volume. We like, we like miles per hour. You don't want me to teach by the hour. You want me to teach by the mile per hour. Speed up. But we, we've, we've, I got under conviction a few weeks ago because I don't feel like we've talked about meditating on the scripture as much as we ought to. But we're talking about, I mean, he says the ungodly are not so. The ungodly, they don't meditate on the word. They're not settled. They're like the chaff that's blown about. They will not stand in judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And so we're looking at context. We're, we've, we, I've, I've already done a lot of this. We've talked about the if-thens. If we do this, this will happen. We've talked about that. We've talked about the asks already. It's asking us to meditate on the law day and night, right? And then we get the benefits and the, and the detriments. The benefits of meditating. We're like a tree planted by the river of, the water, of water. Our fruit will come in due season. Uh, our leaf will not wither. And whatever we do will prosper. That's the benefit. The detriment, if I'm not one that meditates on the law, if I, do all, if I don't do what these verses said, not just meditate on the law, but the other things as well, the detriment is I won't be able to stand in judgment and my life's going to be chaotic, blown about like chaff with the wind. And so the benefits, the detriments. Let's go, let's go to the third passage. I'm, I'm, I'm mindful of the time. Psalms 63 and 6. So I'd come over here to my Bible program. 63 and 6. Are y'all getting anything out of this? I, 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 I'm trying. See, my problem is I think like a preacher. And so when I study, it always ends up the form of a sermon or a Bible class. And, and I realized that, that, that almost all of you aren't that way. And so I'm trying, I'm trying not to have you all writing sermons every day. <laughs> but, what, but, but it is important to learn a process. And if you get a process on how you look at the Bible, how you study the Bible, it becomes step-by-step step and systematic, and then you glean more out of it. So if you, have any, if you have a question, I'm still gonna get to your question. Any question besides that one, anybody have on process, anything that we well, See, what you don't understand is I've tricked you because you think that I'm teaching you how to study the Bible, but what I'm doing is I'm teaching you how to study the Bible, I'm also teaching you about meditation on the scripture. So we're getting a, we're, we're getting a double benefit here. All right. Psalm 63 and six. 
when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be the portion of foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. Wow. You go, David. King was letting him have it, wasn't he? Let's back up and let's go context. Oh God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. Remember what he said? Meditate day and night. We just said when I meditate in the night, now he's in the, he's in the day. You see the patterns? You see the patterns repeating themselves over and over. Oh God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is to see thy power and thy glory. So as I have seen thee in the sanctuary, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift. It's going to be hard to bless him when you're dead. So you better bless him while you're alive. The Bible said the dead, not the dead, praise, not the Lord. One indicator of spiritual life is if somebody a worshiper. All right. Amen. I, that's I'm, I'm, I'm getting off meditation into something else. That's why I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with my and fatness. My mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches because thou has been my help. Now, the first two passages, it was meditating on the law. Now he says, I'm not just thinking about the law. Now, God, I'm thinking about you because you have been my help. One of the things that I'm doing now, because if you read this passage, he's got enemies that are coming against him, right? People that are talking about him, running him down. We read all that. It's in there. He's, he's saying, I'm in a dry place. Anybody ever go into a dry place? Verse one said, my soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water. He said, I am in a place right now where I feel like I am dry as I can be. I am so spiritually dry. He said, there's no water here. My soul thirsteth. My soul feels like it's dying of thirst and my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land. What do you do in a dry and thirsty land? I just quit to wait till it rains again. No, you keep doing what you know you're supposed to do. He said, I'm in a dry, thirsty land, but I'm still going to lift up my hands and I'm still going to praise you because I understand that's what I'm supposed to do. What do I do when I don't feel like doing what I know I'm supposed to do? What do I do when I don't feel like doing what I know I'm supposed to do? I do what I know I'm supposed to do anyway. How do I know it's right? Because I got the word in me. I meditated on the law. But now he said, I can't feel anything. It's a dry and thirsty land. I can't feel my soul. My soul thirsteth. I am in a dry and thirsty land. 
He said, so here's what I'm going to do when I can't feel anything, when I feel like I'm lost and backslid and cold and dry, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay in my bed and God, I'm going to think about you. Because you, man, I feel the Holy Ghost here. When I remember, when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, I can't even sleep. That's what he's saying. It's night. I'm supposed to be asleep and I got so much junk going on in my life. I can't even sleep right now. I'm laying in my bed. I ought to be asleep. My eyes are wide awake. I know nobody's ever been like that before. It's the night watches. You know, I'm supposed to be out. The night, they're supposed to be out while I'm supposed to be asleep. And in the night watches, I still, I'm, 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 but, but I, here's what I'm going to do when I can't even get rest because I'm so stressed out. I'm going to think about thee. I'm going to think about you, God. Now I'm not thinking about the word. Now I'm thinking about you. Why am I thinking about God when I feel like I got nothing going on right now? And I feel like I'm ministering to somebody right now that feels like you're thirsty, you're dry, your soul thirsteth, your flesh longeth, you're in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Everybody else around shouts and acting like they're on, uh, practically in one foot in heaven already and you don't feel anything. Half the church is, is running around, young people beating the mess out of the altar and running all over about... And, and they're just feeling everything and seeing angels and all kinds of stuff. And I'm here thinking, my God, what, what are they hearing that I'm not? <laughs> you know, you've never been that way maybe, but I have been thirsty where he said, I'm in a place where there's no water. And so I'm going to lay in my bed in the night when I can't sleep. I'm tossing and turning. I got so much trouble and stress and things in my life. And here's what I'm going to do when I can't feel anything. I'm just going to think about you, God. I'm going to meditate on you. Because thou, you see that? I don't know if you can see verse 6. Meditate on thee in the night watches. This start of verse 7. Because thou has been my help. I'm going to lay here, God. I'm going to think about how 20 years ago, when I was in a very similar spot and I felt like I was struggling with things and going on in my life, and I remember, God, how you made a way for me. And God, I remember that time that we had this issue and I, I didn't know how it was going to work out, but God, because you've been my help, you brought me through all this. I told somebody the other day, they, they, they were feeling pretty bad and, and low about themselves. And they thought, man, I'm not doing any good. I said, well, how long have you been around the church? And they said, like 40 years. I said, and you're still here. I mean, you got here somehow. You know, you didn't fall asleep like Rumpelstiltskin or whoever it was and wake up and all of a sudden 40 years has passed. You got here somehow. So you're not as bad as you think you are. Because the Lord has been my help. And sometimes you just have to stop and get your mind off how dry it is and get your mind off all the people talking and all the other stuff going on all the way around you and just stop thinking about the enemy and stop thinking about the critic and stop thinking about the dryness and stop thinking about all that and just lay there and think about God. He has been 
my help. All right, we're going to breeze through these next few. If you believe that, I got a car for sale. Psalms 119.15. Psalms 119.15. Somebody got the audio Bible going? Hey, let me, let me tell you, let me, let me, while, while, while we're on that subject, do you realize that when the New Testament was written, like 80 to 90% of the population couldn't read? And that most of the books of the Bible were written with the expectation that someone that could read would read them to someone that couldn't. And so if the ancient apostolic that couldn't read wasn't wrong for listening to somebody read to him, you're not wrong if you get more out of it by listening to audio Bible. We, put, we make our, we said, read your Bible, read your Bible. Well, when we were talking, singing this little children's song, read your Bible every day, they didn't have Bible that read itself to you. So we have to read it. So don't feel guilty if you get more out of it by listening to it, just so you get it. Different. Verse 15, Psalms 119, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Let me tell you, meditating on the precepts of God shows respect for him and his ways. I love the sound of that baby laughing. Amen. I love knowing we got a future. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. So let's, let's, let's move to another passage. I'm out of time. Verse 23, Psalms 119, verse 23, just a few verses down. Princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. So now we see another pattern. You see the, the couple of verses ago, David said, all these people are talking about me. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to think about you. I'm going to meditate on you. Well, look here. Princes did sit and speak against me. People talking about me again. What are you going to do? I'm going to punch them right in the mouth like they deserve with the love of the Lord. I'm going to beat them in a good Christian way. No, we're not going to do that. I'm not going to give them my time and energy. They can talk if they want to, but I'm not going to waste my time on a hater. They talk all they want, but here's what he said, but thy servant did meditate on thy statutes. You want to know how to, how to overcome someone that talks about you? Meditate on the word of the Lord. Be a servant of God. All right, let's go to the next passage and then we'll tie, tie up with uh, this question and we'll try to, try to get going here. 
Psalms 119, 148, same chapter, 100 miles later. Is that 148? I should have just typed it in. It had been faster. Now it's personal. I'm going to stick to it. I'm not a quitter. I went way past it, didn't I? Speed reader, that's what it was. Mine eyes prevent the night watches. Okay, you see another pattern? You know what that phrase means? I can't sleep. My eyes prevent the night. My eyes, they, I can't keep them closed. I can't sleep again. Apparently, if you can't sleep, a good thing to do is get in the Bible. You'll fall right out. <laughs> my, preaching, my preaching does wonders for insomnia. My eyes prevent the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. Sometimes when you think you can't sleep, it might be God trying to get you in the Bible. My eyes prevent the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. All right, let's go to the next one. I didn't think it'd take this long to get through it, but it, it did. There it is. Psalms 143 and 5. Is this okay? I don't know if y'all are enjoying this or not. If you don't want me to, we'll never do it again. I remember the days of old. Now you see another pattern. Remember what he said a while ago? I'm going to lay in bed and think about you because you have been my help. What he's saying is I'm going to remember what you did for me back then. Now look at this. I remember the days of old. I remember what you did back then. I meditate on all thy works and muse on the work of thy hands. Sometimes you just got to stop and remember the things that God has done. You just got to stop and remember the blessings that God has given and the way that he made. And when you didn't think you could ever keep your life together somehow, I don't even know how it happened, but I'm here. I thought I was going to fall apart 50 years ago, but here I am. I thought 20 years ago was going to be the end of me, but here I am. I'm still here. And so sometimes you just got to stop and meditate about the work of God, the things that God has done. I'm trying to get to, to a, a, a point here, a stopping point. First Timothy 4.15, New Testament, I transitioned. First Timothy, anybody remember what that was? 4.15, you just saw in live speed how bad my memory is. Meditate upon these things. So let's go. This is, this is what Paul is telling Timothy. This is what Paul's telling Timothy to do. It says, these things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth. In other words, even though you're young, don't act so stupid that people think, man, he's such a dumb young person. All right? Most of us don't have to worry about that, but the ones out yonder do. Let no man despise thy youth. Be an example to believers in word, conversation, charity, in spirit, faith, and purity. Here's the things we're supposed to be examples to the word are in the word of God. We got to know the Bible. In conversation, you shouldn't say something that you need to be convicted about saying. Praise God. In charity, that means love. You ought to be an example in love. In spirit, in faith, and purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading. Don't not read just because, you know, I'm not going to come back today. That's what Paul's telling Timothy. He said, I might not see you tomorrow, so don't, don't just not read. 
In other words, you know, don't wait to repent till the night before you think the Lord's coming back. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, neglect not the gift that's in thee, which is given thee by the, the prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate on these things. Give thyself wholly unto them that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. He said, he gave him a whole list of stuff he's supposed to do. Things that a Christian is supposed to do. And he said, think about them. So if you don't think about them, you'll forget and then you won't do them. So meditate on them. So the question about, so we've covered the law. He said, I, I meditate on thy law. In other words, I meditate on your precepts and another one on statutes. And so when I put this together, I thought, I wonder what the difference is between those. And you look at the definitions, they're very similar. And so I did a Google search. Brother Google can help you out. And so you see the Google search that I did, it says difference between statutes, precepts, and laws in the Bible. Just typed in what I wanted to know. It came up with this, it uh, came up with about 8,810,000 results in 0.71 seconds. That's a lot of results in a little bit of time. You see that right there? This, that right there? It's a lot of results. I'm not going to go through all 8 million. I'm only going to cover half of those right now. It'll be all right. So here it has a legal definition right here. In, and it talks about that a precept is a written command, especially a demand for payment while a statute is a common law, is a legislated rule of society. And so that's, that's in the legal profession. But then I went on down and I found this, this website. It's uh, 119 Ministries. I didn't go back to see how they did, but this is a, they have a lot of information here. And it talks about the law. It talks about all these precepts, judgments, all that. But I highlighted this one paragraph that you can't see to save your life. Is that better? And so this paragraph caught my eye, kind of encapsulated all. I read a bunch of it, but you didn't want me to read like five pages to you. So as a review, a commandment is an order or charge given us to keep or observe, like the Ten Commandments, observing his feast days and the Sabbath, etc. Judgments tell us how to handle situations that arise between his own people. So the judgments, the the the. The commandments were when he said, thou shalt, thou shalt not, like the Ten Commandments. When it came to judgments, according to this, this guy, he says it tells us how to handle situations. So judgments are how to handle interpersonal relationships when things come up, when you have a question about a property line or a landmark, when you have, when, when, when somebody has leprosy and you don't know what to do and they have all these, these rules and all that. And then he says, statutes are decrees or requirements describing how to live in obedience to him. And so this is about our own life. So one is a commandment, the laws. God says, do this, do that. Judgments deal with how we deal with each other. And statutes, according to this guy, is how I live in obedience. And it applies primarily to me. That's what this guy says. Now, he's got a whole lot. I mean, there's a, this, this page after page of stuff here that, uh, that you can look at if you want to check it out. Um, it is... 
119ministries.com slash 119-blog slash, you can, I'll show you later. But it has a lot of information, you can get into those. But, that, but, but the reason I liked your question I put off is because you saw patterns in there. You saw, okay, so what is the law? What is the commandment? What is, and so when you're studying, when that question comes, write it down and then go look for it. If, unless, you're, unless you're teaching a Wednesday night Bible study or preaching on Sunday, you're not in a rush. Take the rabbit trail. See where it leads you. It might be God leading you to learn something in a different area. And then come back. I've been, like I said, I've been studying on James chapter number five since the third week of July. And, and, and I'm not in a rush. If it takes me 10 years, that's fine. I won't give it all to you in one night, maybe. All right, do we have any questions? I've gone longer than I wanted to. I went longer than some of you wanted me to. Some of you probably are okay with it. Any, any questions on study? Any? Nothing? You know, when there's no questions, you did really good or really bad. Because you never know. It's just whatever. So what, what, on what I'm, you know, you just follow the chain. You just let the text talk. That's really what we've done. We've just let the Bible talk. Can you email those questions to somebody? I can. You you saw a minute ago how soon my memory went. Text me and I'll email it. I'll, I can send it by email because it's on my computer. I don't know if I can text from my computer or not. Some of the young folks probably can tell me if I could. You, Wilson says I can, and he's older than I am. So. Well, according to what we read, the ungodly are not so. They wither and they will not stand in judgment. And so I, I think that, that, that part of it is, is if you'll follow it and you'll get into it, it'll, you'll find something that will resonate with you. I, taught, I preached a message um, a few weeks ago on um, Obedidim. I preached about Obed-Edom, the Gittite, and how he was from Gath, but he was a Levite living in Gath. That message actually came because I was doing a study on Psalms 8, and I had a message on Psalms 8 where, where it, it had to do with in the nighttime, I, when I behold the heavens, the, the moon and the stars, and I got thinking, well, the sun's not in there, and I, I was doing that. And so I started looking at Psalms 8, and when I looked in and studied Psalms 8, I read that Psalms 8 was actually a psalm that David wrote for Obed-Edom. And the thinking was that he felt guilty for going back and getting the ark out of Obed-Edom's house, so he wrote a song to make him feel better. And that Psalms 8 was a song written for Obed-Edom. Well, then I got looking at the story of Obed-Edom, and that story gave me that message that I, and so it was one to another to another. And if you'll find yourself studying the word, the Holy Ghost will speak to you and he'll lead you and, and you'll discover stuff that uh, you'll just, I mean, for me, study, like I could be, seriously, I haven't played golf in uh, eight or nine years. I'm actually thinking about donating my clubs uh, to the auction, but as sure as I do, my brother will come down and forget his and want to borrow mine and he won't have any, and, but I'll probably still donate them. Um, because I'm just not interested in it. 
I go fishing on our men's fishing trips. I don't ever go by myself. But I can lock myself in my office in all those musty books. And if I find something, it's like I feel like I'm digging gold out of a, out of a gold mine. I start finding this stuff and I get interested in it. And it takes me to this other spot. And, this other, and it's just, man, it's, it's like being a detective of the Bible. And you just, and it just, and I, you're not a pastor, so it may not do exactly like, it may not feel the exact same way, but I promise you there's stuff in there for you. And if you'll take the time to study, and we can talk about this some more. We might do another lesson. If you have, if you have, uh, if you have suggestions on, on the topic or you want more, have some questions, we can explore it some more. Um, the, I, got, I, I was talking to Brother Brian and Sister Leather before church, and I told him, I said, I don't know that I've ever been in a church service ever where anyone ever told me how to study the Bible. And so we tell people, study the Bible, and then we don't tell them how to study the Bible. It's like taking, it's like, it's like getting all the parts for a car, dumping them in somebody's garage and say, put the car together. And never leave the, the, the manual that you pick up at AutoZone that tells you how to do it, you know. And so we give this book that has life in it to people. And we say, get the life out of it. And we never teach how. And so that's what I want to do last week and this week is to, to hopefully help us get started on trying to, uh, trying to get down that path. Lord, I thank you, God, for your people. God, these, this is your church. God, these are the people that you have chosen to bless and call out from the world. Every single one of them has great potential. Every single one of them has the capability of doing something awesome and powerful for you. And God, your word is so real and so alive. God is so powerful and it speaks to us in our daily situations. I pray that you help me as a pastor to give these good people the tools that they need to become everything they can be for you, God. Lord, I don't want them, I don't want them to have to depend on, on a handful of, of preachers for everything. I, our job is to train them and help. I pray you help me to help them to get the most out of their life for you. God, I thank you for this opportunity that you've given me to just talk about your word and talk about meditating in your word. And God, I hope I get to get into it some more sometime. God, I pray your blessing on these men and women, on their families, their children, their jobs, their homes, their mind, body, and spirit. God, I pray that that person that feels like they're in that dry place can find rest in meditating on you and on your word and on the fact that you've been faithful and good. Lord, I pray for your help and strength, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you. You are dismissed in Jesus' name.